Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Today's episode provides you with a window into the mind of a true expert. Gary Hill is the regional VP of a company called Connect and Sell. If you're in sales leadership or you're a close watcher of sales technology, you'll know the organization is at the very front of calling technology. Welcome to the Boss Podcast and a sincere thank you for joining both Jerry and I in this episode. Jerry does all the talking in this one, which is perfect because I felt so far out of my depth, I was absolutely drowning in information. In fact, it's highly likely you will need to listen to this episode twice. I mean, I train people to make calls, right? And this guy is at least three levels above me in both skill and knowledge. This guy absolutely walks the walk. He is the only person ever on this podcast to give out his mobile number as a way to get in contact at the end of the episode. I mean, how's that for serious? If this episode has you feeling like you need to up your sales skills, there are two ways you can do that absolutely free. The first one is to subscribe to my twice-monthly VIP sales mailer where I share the very best sales tactics that I can find in that two-week period. Simply go to my website to sign up. I promise there's no spam, no bullshit, just great value. And that's markmc.co. Secondly, if you're not into emails, simply go to my LinkedIn profile and right there in my featured section, there's a raft of material for you to use right now to help you be better at selling. But enough of all that. Let's get in and learn about cold calling with Jerry Hill from Connect and Sell. Jerry Hill, welcome to the Boss Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Real pleasure to be involved. Thanks for inviting me, Mark. No, good stuff. So, um, mate, you're an absolute uh, expert in this space. So, you know, you fit the best of sales strategies. You're right up there. That's going to work really well for us. So, you're the VP of Connect and Sell. But you're also the world's third best cold caller, according to your LinkedIn profile. That's a pretty interesting. Tell us a little bit about both of those, but let's start with the third best. <laughs> <laughs> well, people don't trust you if you say you're the best at something, generally. So I could well be the best cold caller in the world. I've got no real way of quantifying it, apart from the fact we did some ridiculous cold call public contests in the summer, just gone, had a whole bunch of purported sales experts calling live using Connect and Sales Stream to YouTube. And it was a knockout-based competition, and I finished third overall. I lost to an incredible young lady from Gong called Gabriella Blackwell. If anybody follows LinkedIn like really closely, they'll probably know who Gabriella is. But she was just incredible. And then I feel a bit hard done by that I didn't come second because Zeke Lever brought a, a list of inbound leads rather than outbound leads. So they were inherently a lot more receptive to conversations than my my list was. So, you know, that's always going to feel a bit bruising, but well played, Zeke. I'm a gracious dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you deserve the third best cold caller bit made off that competition. So, mate, that's awesome. So, tell us a little bit about Connect and Sell and how you fit in that. What do you guys do? 
obviously this is a podcast for salespeople, so you know, don't hold back. Yeah. So you know that nagging feeling that you've kind of breathed deeply, you've got a list of people that you want to speak to. And you start dialing and you want to have compelling conversations with those hard to reach prospects. But every dial you make results in outcomes that you don't want, such as voicemail or speaking to gatekeepers or having conversations with receptionists and switchboards and having bad data and fax tones. And after 90 minutes, you're lucky to have maybe had one conversation with that senior executive you want to chat to. Well, Connect and Sell is a weapon which basically eliminates all of that wasteful work and transforms that use of time so that you have a conversation every four minutes, not a conversation every 90 minutes. Not just at all. It's, it's a way that you can radically transform how you go to market by simply accelerating the flow rate of conversations with the people in your market you want to speak to. So yeah, it's, it's a complete transformation play for most of our customers. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, the way that you've described the pain there is pretty much exactly what my client's base today you know they're making phone calls they're not getting through without getting too deep how does that work like what how do you do that yeah i mean it's it's a phone bridge that you log into that's uniquely yours you log into a web app you select a list or list of people that you want to speak to the list could be 50 prospects to 5,000 prospects deep doesn't really matter you press a go button the go button initiates work for the salesperson and it looks something like this you're going to get three to six dials happening at the same time patented innovation of ours called parallel dialing. But, you know, if technology ran that process, it would be a car crash for both prospects and seller because there's certain components of the work that technology can't have recognition for, such as the human voice. And as a result, we put a big labor pool of human resource into this weapon that basically ties on and navigates all of the dial threads that the system initiates on your behalf. So imagine having executive assistants working at you on a one-to-one relationship with every dial that my system manufactures for you. And they go off and do all the bloody-minded $5 an hour phone operator work that salespeople are just too skillful to be paid for. And when somebody in that list picks up the phone, our navigator drops that onto your phone bridge in real time and you just simply have a business development call with a one-to-many message with that person that you want to speak to. Great system. So my guess is you guys are experts at spending time on the phone. So because obviously you would have to then help people make valuable phone calls, right? So you're not only providing the technology, my guess is you've got to be an expert in, in the actual art of talking to people on the telephone. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. There's sort of four pillars to being effective at this. One's your list. Is it the right person, right cohort of people we want to speak to? You know, is our proposition valuable to them? The second is messaging. You know, cold call messaging or first conversation messaging is fundamentally different to most other types of messages that you put out in your go-to-market. It's um, based on an anatomy, which is you've got to win the first seven seconds. You've got to be able to create a breakthrough that has a what in it for me component for your prospect. You've got to be able to ask repeatedly for meetings in the face of objections. And then you've got to be able to turn pivots and turbulence in the conversation to curiosity. It's then wrapped up in a psychological framework, which is this concept. You've got to take a prospect from fear to trust curiosity in less than seven seconds. So we we do a huge amount of work on inculcating and indoctrinating that messaging component so that our customers can be successful. The next bit that really matters is coaching. You know, can you listen to a high enough velocity of conversations to be able to catch signals on whether or not reps are drifting, whether or not messaging is getting distorted, or whether or not your market most importantly, your market is responding to the rep with the right message at the right time. 
And then the last bit is transparency and visibility. You know, this is an accountability part of the go-to-market that's been hidden away for years because reps don't publicly share their conversations with everybody in the organization. And the only way you can level up is to be accountable on this stuff. So those are the four input mechanisms that we supervise and we lend our expertise to to help our customers. Interestingly, the ones that neglect the advice churn and don't succeed. The ones that take the advice and embrace the advice go on to achieve stellar business results. And, you know, that's a massive component. Technology is only going to take you so far. Actually maximizing the insight and the expertise and the velocity that we see can be a very, very, very beneficial value stream for our customers. Yeah, so the, the world is full of salespeople who know better but still don't do very well. What was it Challenger called them? The academic. Yeah. If you've read Challenger deeply, the academic walks around the sales floor telling people how to get shit done but never get shit done themselves. Exactly. There's plenty of those out there. In, my, in the training gig, I see lots of them. So, look, I mean, this is obviously a, a question that we already know the answer to, or at least I'm pretty sure you do. So based here in Australia, you're obviously in the UK. And what I know for a fact is that there's strong geographical differences in the way that we communicate, particularly for outreach conversations. So having trained people in the US, in the UK, and, and in APAC, there's different cadences, different systems. Do you see that there's still a strong place for phone-based outreach in 2021? Now, clearly, you work for Connect and Sell, and you're the third best cold caller, but the answer is going to be yes. But why is that? Because um, a lot of my clients say that they are reluctant to call, if I was being frank. You know, there's a high level of reluctance in APAC. I think there's a psychology component there. But if I look at sort of outreach and outbound and what it's designed to achieve, it's the hardest way to acquire a new business. You know, if you can create an unstoppable inbound machine and you've got product-led growth and you're a company like a Datadog or a MongoDB where your customers are flocking to you or your iPath or whatever it might be, then you don't necessarily need to index the conversation. You just need to become strategic about how to grow the product inside of those those accounts. and you can speak to that on success basis. You don't monetize your first deals or whatever, but not everybody's got the luxury of having outstanding products. Not everybody's got the luxury of winning the marketing battle. So in order for you to actually survive, you need to go outbound until you've got maturity and sophistication enough that you don't. Now, the easy thing is to automate. The trouble with automation is it's created this massive, massive paralysis in people's inboxes today. And if you look at data from HubSpot, Right, They track more outbound email than anybody, sales-led email, and their engagement metrics for the past two years are showing that email response and reply and read is in the absolute kazoo. Right, It's down in the doldrums in the minus percentage ranges. But the irony is people are sending more email than they've ever sent before. And it's not good email because guess what? Most people that stumble into sales aren't professional copywriters. And they're not professional psychologists and they don't understand the heuristics of a dynamic message and they don't know how to write short form content that speaks to business relevance. And then we've had 10 years of sales engagement companies telling us that engagement matters. I'm sorry, if engagement mattered that much, why do you need to send 32 messages before somebody responds to you? So it's not that email's redundant because I think it's very important. I just believe it's important once you've actually established the connection with the human being using your voice to create trust and then send the emails that you need to send after that. It's just a, a first point in a process to acquire somebody's curiosity. So what's the answer to the question? I think the answer to the question is that core reluctance sits on a politeness nexus. It sits on a psychological nexus, which is 
a lot of people are worried about the outcome of a bad call and how it affects them and how it impacts them as an individual. And I think that is culturally sensitive, you know. And I think it's culturally sensitive in the sense that generationally, people like you and me might probably grow up having to call the yellow pages for a living when we first started our careers. And it was the only way we could do stuff. So we don't have that core reluctance because we know it's about getting to an outcome. And no, one of four knows, by the way. But as sort of technology literacy evolves and younger reps come into the industry, and they don't have to use the phone because guess what? On the iPhone, the phone app on the iPhone is the seventh most popular app on an iPhone. By the way, did you know that across all apps? So that kind of gives you some insight that people want a message and they want a message and they want a message. But if I look at my WhatsApp right now, there's about 28 WhatsApps that I've just not responded to in different groups and stuff because it's overwhelming. So how do you create a point of difference? Well, I think cold calling or calling is relevant because conversations are where you manufacture trust. And the science of it is pretty foundational. There's over 200,000 bits of information per minute in the human voice. It takes about 250,000 bits of information for a human to start trusting another human. What's the currency of selling? It's trust. Whereas if I use email, it's about 20,000 bits of information, which means I need to send 25 emails to achieve the same outcome as a minute and a half conversation with a stranger versus the 25 emails that I need to send to a stranger to achieve the same desired goal. Wow, that's it's so interesting. I've never heard of that before. That's crazy. Um, but it does seem to make sense. We, there's so many textures or layers inside someone's voice, uh, tone, pace, warmth, etc. You can't get on any text-driven format. I hadn't thought of that before, so that's, that's really clever. Can you see into the future? Like I know you can't see into the future, but what do you think is going to happen? Are people going to answer their phone less, more? You know, is electronic stuff, you know, email going to be, I mean, there must be some point where email becomes almost redundant. I, th- I think people are answering the phone less and less and less, which means that something like connect and sell matters more and more and more because conversion out of voice is higher than conversion out of any other channel. So the harder it gets to reach somebody, well, the more efficiency you need to create around that. But if you look at the rise of video in selling motions from top of funnel all the way down to completion, I mean, that's massive. I use video virtually at every place where I don't have to send an email. I drop voice notes in LinkedIn. I drop voice notes in WhatsApp. I send text messages, but I hardly ever email. I think people use the phone less. I think regulation is having an impact. In the US, we see new pandemics called Star Shaken. It's a new legislative framework, which is about call attestation. You've got TCPA, GDPR, you know, phone numbers are harder and harder to come by. Dial connect rates across the network for us last year on 18 million dials are about 2.5% on average. But we bias quite heavily to companies that sell to sort of senior VP plus type of job titles in engineering and IT and, and big companies. So that's not to be, you know, a surprise to anybody. I think voice and voice technologies are fascinating. And I don't think it's about the traditional business telephone. I think it's things like LinkedIn voice notes. I think it's the ability to drop voice notes in WhatsApp. I think it's the ability to deploy video with email as your envelope for that message. Those things are super dynamic because I can say in a two-minute video in an email wrapper what it would take me about eight to 12 paragraphs of badly written text if you're functionally dyslexic like most salespeople to achieve. (laughs) So embracing those types of technologies. And the good news is it's frictionless because they're cheap. They're not the kind of things that you need to go out and spend megabucks on at an enterprise level. 
any rep can spin up a $12 an hour, sorry, $12 a month Vimeo account or BombBomb account to create a video for people. And then your prospects get to see your personality a little bit. They get to see that intonation, that tone, that commitment, that passion, that narrative that can't be misinterpreted anymore, which is where text fails generally. Now, it's not to say you don't need to be a great writer to be a good sort of high-value, high-end salesperson because you need to write complex documents, you need to respond to RFPs, you need to write proposals and stuff in occasion. But the ability to inject your personality as an overlay throughout the sales motion today is massive, Mark. And anybody not using voice is neglecting the opportunity to build trust faster than your opposition number at the competitive company that you face off against every day. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved, and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land the odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, but is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash POW. How much of it do you think is the lack of skill versus just lack of activity? or lack of taking action, you know? So being good on the phone or being good at voice is obviously the goal. But if you're pretty average, is it, is it still a good vehicle to use? So if I'm still in my prediction lens quickly, we've got more sales jobs on market than ever before, but that's because the headcount coverage model is still the model that's demanded by companies and investors. Each person that you hire becomes fundamentally less profitable to the business. So what's a salesperson's key metric? It's net fee income per employee, right? Now, most people stumble into sales. So how many of them take their skill development seriously at an individual level? I'd probably say about 3 to 4% would be willing to stick $1,000 on a credit card and pay Mark to take them through some breakthroughs on how to get better at their job and actually go and use that. Companies probably don't index enablement enough, especially in the sort of 80% of mid- medium-sized companies that have got salespeople. So there's 20% of sales companies that probably do do some form of enablement and there's about five percent of companies that are committed and dedicated to it and actually resource against sales coaching and then for the rest they have to seek out information from communities right now and the communities are sort of saying use voice so this is as with everything right there's half-life there's diminishing value in every strategy and, and i sort of take inspiration from hedge funds and traders a little bit here which is I can catch a signal on a stock really early and I can pump that stock for all it's worth. But at some point, somebody else in the market is going to identify the signal, but they're not going to be able to execute it as well as me for a number of reasons. Firstly, they don't understand the strategy fully or they don't have the liquidity or they don't have the execution or they don't have something, but they're going to be able to ride my coattails. Then another person's going to jump onto their coattails and their coattails and their coattails. At some point, that stock stops trading at alpha and alpha is the signal which is about profit, right? It's the same with sales tactics and sales strategies. What do we see? We see, it's kind of like watching a five-year-old soccer game 
one kid runs to the ball ahead of the others. He gets there first, and every other kid runs to the ball. They don't hold their space. And that's what we see in selling, modern selling, right? Everybody's got the next new thing. It's account-based, it's this, it's that, it's engagement, it's the next thing. I think the only thing that ultimately holds true, and I've been doing this since 1999 in various guises, the only thing that holds true is... Can I ask people good questions? Can I understand the answers? And can I stimulate conversations to keep people on course and on program and on task? The rest of it's just fluff and process and system and bias and people trying to find shortcuts and hacks to doing what is fundamentally a hard job. And whilst professional selling still exists, and it will do for the next 15 years in the way that we understand it, because the technology leaps that Justin predicts aren't quite there yet, the people that will continue to win are the people that are capable of driving conversations, whether that's with strangers to create opportunities or with people that aren't strangers to move deals forward, up, out, or closed, won or lost. That's it. That's the job. And you can't do that without actually having conversations with people. So, you know, that's where I'd be focusing my time and attention is on talk tracks. The rest of it's just fillers and tactics and marginal gains. I love the way you've stripped that down to reality. So what did you say, 18 million dials that you guys have made or something? Yeah, roughly a year. That's that's the average run rate per year for our customers. So, okay, let's say we've just agitated somebody to get off their backside and start taking the telephone seriously when they've been not doing themselves any favours on that front prior to now. What is something that they should be doing straight? What's the thing that you would say that would have the biggest impact? Never talk about your product. Never talk about your product in the first conversation. Number one objection in the world that we saw analyzed against three and a half million dials where it was a derivative of the we're all set objection. We're okay, we're covered. The number one reason that that objection materializes is because most reps go into something that might sound a bit like this. We're the number one verified Gartner cloud technology that is being used by two of your competitors in DevOps today. Uh, the reason I called was to see if I could share some information with you and set a meeting with one of my experts to discuss further. If I'm the prospect there, what have I got? I've got three or four different reasons to get out with my dignity intact. One is I don't trust Gartner's analysis. Two, I don't understand any of the buzzwords you just threw at me. Three, I've got a service or proposition that I've just contracted that looks something like what you're describing to me right now. So thank you very much, but go away. And those are really hard objections to come back from. Whereas if I said... Um, hey, Mark, Jerry Hill here. Discovered a breakthrough which completely eliminates the waste and frustration of having to deploy code at the weekend when you could be spending time with your kids. Just wanted to see if we could grab 15 minutes to share whether or not this breakthrough would be relevant to your work over at Acmeco. Do you happen to have your calendar available? Completely different narrative. Yeah, you haven't even mentioned what it is. I haven't mentioned what it is. And, and that's deliberate. It's by design because all I care about is trying to create a statement of value that sound something like the problems you exist with every single day of your life. Now, here's the thing. If I'm going to get up of my ass and having not done this work for a while, I'm going to have to require myself to think deeply about what do my prospects that I speak to most often care about most often because it's a law of advantage and average. You need to be able to come up with a message that would speak to 90% of the persona that you need to go and have a conversation with. And most sales reps are going to rely on marketing for that. And marketing consistently messes this work up because all they ever want to talk about is their expensive Forrester report, not the actual what's in it for me component of a, of a conversation with a complete stranger. So it's hard work to create that and, and test it and get it right and refine it. 
kind of like doing SEO or email. You don't get alpha on day one. You get alpha in six months' time once you've had a chance to beat it up, right? I love that conversation about marketing and, and sales. I mean, marketing are doing their job. If we try and take their job and use it for ourselves as salespeople, it's always going to fail. Yeah. They're talking, it's that cliche, you know, they're talking one to many. We're trying to talk to the individual. So if you take that talking in a general tense, nobody sees themselves as it like just like everybody else. We're all special. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's one of the problems that we have in modern selling today is that we believe all of our prospects are uniquely special when they're not. They form around clusters that you can take advantage of micro one-to-many messages, you know, and that can layer through an organization. You know, if I speak to a CEO, I'm talking about something fundamentally strategic. If I'm talking to a VP, I'm talking about something fundamentally strategic and tactical. If I'm talking to a sales development leader, I'm talking about something functional and tactical. If I'm talking to a RevOps person, I'm talking about something time and cost saving. But I don't need to know that the RevOps person went to university with my sister three times removed because that's largely irrelevant information and it distorts the impact of the thing that I need to talk to them about. Now, I might end up talking to them about that four conversations down once I've done my demo and I'm into locking my proposition. But at the top of the funnel, it just doesn't matter. And for me, that's the biggest takeaway from Justin Michael's book and the, the work that I've always done. My greatest success has always been on this one statement. Relevance is always greater than personalization. Yeah, I love that. Good stuff. It's that segmenting deeper. 95% of people I speak to don't segment by those each of those roles the way that you just did and was able to do that so quickly. You know, most people would try and distill that message. What's the, you know, they distill that or widen that to what's the one thing that fits all of those, those segments? Oh, I know. Let's save them time and money. Right. Right. So then you end up bringing the CEO saying, hey, I can save you time and money. You bring the chief, you know, CRO, hey, I can save you time and money. And it, it, it sounds terrible. He end up, you're basically a spam message at that point, right? Yeah. And, and the other thing about sort of spam messaging is commission breath and objection and objective based outcomes, right? I think when I coach my customers and when I coach reps that work for me, I just get them to detach from the outcome completely and use the conversation to drive this concept, completed conversation. Can I complete a conversation? Now, I don't care if I don't get a meeting with that person, but can I get them to an end of conversation where I extract information and learn something about that person that can then tell me when to re-engage with them? Right. So there's some econometrics at play here. Chet Holmes came up with this concept of the bias pyramid. And in most B2B services, you're kind of getting replaced or displaced once every 12 quarters for something that looks like a service Mark could sell or that Jerry could sell or that Joe Bloggs could sell. Now, the reality is that there's 3% of your market in market for that service solution or offering right now. But if they're in the market right now, you've probably missed the boat if they haven't come to you proactively. And we know all of that from the sort of challenger-based stuff, which says that 78% of buyers are you know, 75% of the way through their journey or whatever that stat is, right? But actually, what's the value in outbound? It's identifying the next 6% who are starting that research journey before they engage with vendors and the next 12% of people behind that that are open to learning about the art of the possible. And then you've got another 60% that form around, it's never going to be right for us based on current business situation or it's never going to be right for us because we just don't buy stuff particularly. So what am I doing if I'm able to get my outbound strategy right? I'm timing all of that information from my entire addressable market so that I can get closer to market dominance by simply being able to time and identify relevance. If I can identify relevance, if 
for when to re-engage with somebody with the right information at the right time in the right channel, all of a sudden, I've made the goal of outbound a lot easier to digest from a psychology point of view. Because we index the objective, which is a meeting, over the real objective, which is the timing and relevance information, we've got a generation of reps who are just blindly pursuing meetings with no real understanding of how it fits into the bio mosaic over 12 to 36 quarter period. Incredible. Great stuff. It's very clear that you know exactly what you're talking about and you're certainly an expert in the cold call space or the calling space more, more widely. If people want to get a bit more of Jerry, what's the best way for them to do that? How can they get in contact with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's just Jerry Hill connecting himself for that search. If anybody, I mean, it's going to be a bit tougher for the APAC guys, but I do take calls from like five in the morning because my seven-month-old son's up and I normally try and get nine holes of golf in before I start my day. So I'm always taking calls from weirdos at sort of five in the morning who call me for help. My number is plus four four seven seven zero two zero three four zero eight one. And then my email address is jerry.hill at connectandsell.com. Jerry, you're the only person to ever give out your phone number on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about, you know, walking the walk, hey? Yeah, I mean, like, you can't be a hypocrite on this stuff. Like, I've got one mindset, which is, can I help people get better at something that they struggle with today? Now, it might be as a function of my technology, but it might also be somebody can call me up. And there's this amazing young rep. I've got to give a shout out to called Elliot Boll. He works for an organization in the UK called Sales Impact Academy. He's an SDR. But he called me up one morning at 6 a.m. I was in the bar. (laughs) And he was like, Jerry, I just really sort of listened to something that you did the other day. And, you know, I thought I'd give you a call because I want to design a career and I was just wondering if you could mentor me. But honestly, he's the only person who's ever actually listened to anything that I've ever been on or published where I've given out my phone number. And, you know, there's been thousands of people that have listened to the podcast and stuff that I've been on and only one's ever bothered to follow up. So I don't see it as too much of a risk on those maths. (laughs) Well, 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 probably because most of the people are asleep. But you might be in trouble here because 5 a.m. UK is about 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, yeah. Eastern Sydney time, Eastern Australian time. Yeah. So, you know, there might be a heap of people at three o'clock who think, you know what, I might just give Jerry a call. Yeah, I'm, I'll <laughs> always listen. <laughs> Mate, uh, is there anything else coming up that people should keep an eye out for? Um, well, we've got this Hype Cycle game stuff that's getting streamed. It's marketeers learning from sellers and sellers learning from marketeers with some competitions and stuff organised by the great Justin Michael and Julian Nimchiska. We've got the Sales Innovation Expo coming up in the UK in November, which is a a sales technology face-to-face exhibition at the London Excel, which I'm really excited about. And then there's a podcast that I um, produce with a brilliant top of funnel guy out in the States called Ryan Rezart, where we look at cross-control go-to-market strategies between the US and Europe. And we're just basically a very grumpy old men complaining about the state of the world. It's what I call my therapy session, and that's called The Sales More as in the rugby mall. Yeah, that streams to all good podcast aggregators. I'm very grateful that you've taken the time to come and share some real knowledge bombs here on the Boss Podcast. Jerry, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Mark. Really appreciate it. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do 
is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.